0: Welcome to the Healthy Insider Podcast, where we help supplement and functional food brands create better products. Today's host is Todd Runstead, Senior Editor. Hey, welcome to another edition of the Toddcast. Todd here. And uh, today, we've got a very special guest, Sean Octavius Murphy. Sean is the founder of Hemp Business Journal, which, because of his business savvy, he flipped a couple years ago to New Frontier Data. Nice work there, Sean. Uh, Sean took a leave from business for a bit in, uh, honestly, just a gripping, riveting, heartbreaking personal story that I think we will get into a little bit, and hemp and CBD figure into this. and if I'm not bawling and in tears by the end of it, you know that I'm faking it. Uh, more on that in a bit. Uh, today, Sean is working with WAFPA. We are for Better Alternatives. That's the uh, outfit uh, run by uh, Morris Beagle and E. Lizzie Knight, which also produced the NOCO Hemp Expo, which is happening uh, in Denver, March 26th and 27th. It's a hybrid event. It is in person and it is also online on the little screen that you're watching right now. So we can all get into that. Um,
1: Sean, how the heck are you? Todd, I'm great, uh, your, your intro. I, I need to step up my intros on these Zoom podcasts after seeing that, the, the dynamic nature. I'm doing well, <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here and uh, share a little bit of the story about Atlas that you mentioned, and then also talk about Wafba and just where we are in the world of hemp and CBD. It's yeah, well, uh, been quite a journey the last few years.
0: Let's talk about hemp. And and when I say hemp, I'm also saying CBD. But I kind of get the feeling that there's there's people out there who are taking CBD that don't think of hemp. I mean, maybe they think of marijuana, but they're, they're not thinking of hemp. So maybe there's two different questions here. How is CBD and how is hemp? You want to break those apart and talk about you? Yeah, let,
1: let's break them apart. Uh, CBD... Uh, as you know, it, it had a big ride. It, it was the IT uh, ingredient, IT supplement, even though it was neither. It was never an ingredient. It's not yet a dietary supplement. Uh, it's been an FDA-approved drug as Epidiolex. And we always started the commentary about CBD early on, that there were these different swim lanes. We had pharma, dietary supplement slash natural products, and cannabis, marijuana, and dispensaries. And there's been a lot of action recently in the pharmaceutical channel with Epidiolex. It uh, was descheduled, so we know CBD is now incredibly safe. When a drug is descheduled, that means it's 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 as safe as it can be. And then Epidiolex, this this drug, is a part of GW Pharmaceutical, and it was sold for seven point two billion dollars just last month to Jazz Pharmaceutical. Yeah, so
0: my bit, my, my bit stock thing. my stock went up sixty percent overnight. Boom.
1: Boom. Yeah. So the pharmaceutical channel, lots happening there, but we, we've seen this kind of peaking arc and excitement from, I mean, you, you know where we were at Expo West a couple of years ago, where it was a packed house, wall to wall. Everybody wanted to know about CBD. I think some of that excitement and euphoria has, has run out, but it's been replaced by, I think, more of the reality that CBD is one of many cannabinoids. It's the primary one, but how is this going to become a regulated dietary supplement with the FDA and how is there going to be a wash of these companies that are not always legitimate players in this industry and and we've really seen that the last couple months I'd say six eight months the 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 best of breed the top companies in the CBD industry are calling for more regulation they're like please regulate us as a dietary supplement help us clean up these bad players that are doing label violations and claiming things all over the place and we're entering the new phase, what I'd call, you know, the, the legitimate phase where these me too, where everybody's got a CBD company or kind of are, they're getting washed out or it's too hard to get in now, but the better companies, the more established companies, the ones doing it right are starting to assert themselves. And it's exciting in different ways, but we're, it's, it's not the boom, crazy wild fun days where we were packing the, you know, the convention center and it was CBD all over the place, but that's been replaced by this kind of, I call it, you know, a baseline, you know, you know, when you got the bass drum playing in the, you know, the, the bass guitar playing, like going slow. That's the the broader hemp industry right now. It, it boomed, it crashed a bit, same kind of arc up and down. And now we're waking up to this idea as a country that this is a, it's an agricultural commodity and needs to be treated like a crop. And the government's trying to get its act together. It issued a $150 million grant to the USDA saying, how do we improve the supply chain and where's the innovations and how do we take those innovations and get them out to market? So the government's now getting onto this. We have the bigger regenerative ag umbrella that hemp falls into. And we're starting to see this new growing up period for hemp after the, you know, it's like being in the delivery room when the new baby comes all the bells and whistles are going off. Everyone's excited. Well, now reality has set in. We're home. We have the baby and we got to get down to business about building this bigger industry and treating cannabinoids as a dietary supplement.
0: So it's a great story. And it reminds me of, you know, living in Colorado like we do when when marijuana became legal and, you know, living in Boulder, which is sort of, you know, it, it was the capital of, of weed. It always had been before legalization and virtually overnight, I think there were as many as 80 dispensaries in Boulder and, and Boulder City Council, they were like, you know, the, the mayor had said, um, we are going to issue regulations and we are going to wipe out about 85% of, of, the, of the dispensaries here. And it was a shocking statement and it turned out to be true. You know, now you've got, I don't, I don't even think there's a dozen dispensaries in, in town, but they're all purring along. And the money's pouring in and the tax revenue is pouring in. And it's like, okay, like it seems like marijuana is, you know, it, it's that it was that boom. And now it's settled down into a profitable, you know, PL statement for the government. People are happy. Everything's fine. It's cruising along. Maybe that is what that the CBD market has to happen. If the FDA ever gets its head out of its pharmaceutical. <clears throat> or arrears or, or you know like it, it doesn't it seems like the FDA doesn't want to give up the notion that hey we approve this as a drug you know uh you know and, and so then then you have you know like groups like the U.S. uh hemp Roundtable that want to regulate it just as a dietary supplement and forget about food and beverage for now anyway and then and then you have like the hemp industries association that's like oh well you know we want all things we're, we are for all things cannabis, so they're not joining in that effort to, you know, keep it away from food and beverage. They want it everywhere. So, and, and, and then who knows where the FDA is going to fall down on this issue. It, it might turn out that an act of Congress will compel them to, again, say, you need to regulate this as a dietary supplement. Stop with your games that you can't do it. They have, an, they have the authority in the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act to, to regulate it as a dietary supplement if they so choose, but they just, they, they do not so choose, you know? So
1: they do not so choose. And a couple of the companies that I've been talking with, uh, the team at Hemp Fusion is just one example. Uh, you know, the team at Hemp Fusion. Yeah. yeah. Jason
0: but, and Ola those yeah,
1: guys. yeah, Jason Ola are great. And they, they really shared with me that the, that doing the NDI, the new dietary ingredient, following the FDA's regulatory path, working with the U.S. Hemp Roundtable, that seems to be the the push right now across the quote cbd industry uh but but many of the market players are candid and they say look if this doesn't happen with the fda we're going to do that act of congress we're going to pursue that and i saw that there was a momentum for that in 2009 when i i spoke in front of uh in front of a congressional delegation out on the hill where there is a group of congressional leaders that understand and appreciate this industry and what's going on here and how the fda is really dragging their feet and we have a lot of i think we all know why that's going on when the only cbd quote drug sell you know that's the there's there's two drugs at uh, currently at gw pharmaceuticals there's sativex and epidilax epidilax did over 500 million in sales last year so in terms of where is the action at that the fda really cares about it's protecting that drug and It shouldn't be something that gets everybody overly fired up about, like it's not nefarious or evil. That's what the FDA does. And that's where they put their priority. We're just asking as a a dietary supplement industry as an agricultural crop to treat hemp fairly like it is as a crop. So we're gonna see more like we predicted of this idea of broad spectrum hemp, full spectrum hemp that it's hemp that we're looking to have be the dietary supplement. But in terms of the food side of this, food is going strong with grass status i talked to mike fada the founder at manitoba harvest a couple of days ago and uh, you know his exit from that just has showed that that hemp food has been around and people and consumers have been really adopting it so where, where do we exactly go on the regulation side don't exactly know but the broadest most uh accessible Regulations for for people across all parts of the crop. I think that's what we're ultimately shooting for where we end up uh, to be determined, but hopefully the next year reveals that
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, and the US Department of Agriculture, the USDA, they came forth with their final rule that I, I, I would say, by and large, is is a welcome site, uh, you know, you can nitpick about certain things, you know, I, I think per, most predominantly that you know the, the DEA is still kind of in the game, but but at, at least the D, uh, the USDA has has done their part in trying to build uh, a new commodity crop in America. And you know so now so let let's talk about let's talk about the oversupply. You know like Farm Bill signed in December of 2018, 2019, massive. Everyone was growing it. And then it's like, oh, actually that's more than we needed because, you, you know, in part because the FDA didn't open it up to, oh, wouldn't it be great to have CBD Oreos, you know, and how about a CBD Pepsi, you know, and, and you know, like the big players, you know, right. and so so they, have because the, the FDA, I, it seems like the sense is because the FDA, it seems like they're on the path of like, of a. Of Scott Gottlieb, as he was walking out the door, he said, "You know, it's going to take us three to five years to issue a rule," and everyone's like, "That's crazy! You can't do that." Well, here it is, two years later, and guess what? There's still no rule, and now it's only one to three years from now. So it sounds like he was right, and and I, I and, and I think you're also right. Like it's anyone's guess how they're going to come down on it, um, you know. And and maybe there is that regulatory pathway for for a dietary supplement through the Dietary Supplement Health An Education Act of 1994, so maybe that'll happen, but that doesn't seem like that'll move the needle that much. I mean, if anything, it might, you know, wipe out a lot of these kind of fly by night, you know, companies, you know, and, and then you might have, you know, like in Boulder with the weed where it went from 80 to a dozen, maybe you'll get that same sort of thing happening in the hemp CBD world where you'll have the equivalent of a dozen big companies that are left who can afford a high six figures to do uh, an ndi and and it might then really consolidate the growth of hemp into some big players they can do an ndi and then sell that the hemp to to all the players for what they want i mean i don't know we're having a conversation what do you think
1: i think that's where it's going i i put up a slide years ago it was uh, it had all these russian oligarchs on it todd and and i tried to make the point that that look over time as markets mature it's natural economic progression that the oligarchs will come in and assert themselves or try to assert themselves and we're seeing that in the hemp industry to to call hemp fusion you know charlotte's web oligarchs is 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 absurd of course but it's this idea that the larger companies are starting to assert themselves and are creating the regulatory paths that work for them and in many ways it's a good thing these you call them fly by night or cbd oreo companies like you know, what value are they providing in terms of their safety to consumers or their label to consumers? Like it's suspect at best. And, and, in, in, and I'm gonna give it some personal context here with my son Atlas, as, a, as you know, he has a, has a very serious brain disease. It's a terminal diagnosis. I know there's neural inflammation as a parent. We know there's brain swelling and inflammation going on, but these flyby nighters and this issue that the FDA hasn't made hemp a dietary supplement it creates so much confusion at that point of care for kids like my son atlas they're saying well cbd it's suspect and we don't know what's in those and it's not a you know the dea is saying this my god it's illegal and there's such an education gap about what's going on and the the fly-by-nighters contribute to that so this this purification (laughs) that's not a great word for this but a cleaning up or a regulating uh, of the cbd and the hemp industry is important the oversupply, you know, we have some basic economic things going on there when new markets emerge and, you know, heart goes out for those that produced a lot and that have been put in a tough spot for what's going on. Uh yeah. it's not the case across the board and the, the companies that are really on it, they realize that it's about distribution and, you know, shelf space and online sales and your brand reaching the market. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how it turns out, but I'm very hopeful, you know, we really need this. And I always kind of got caught up in the, not in, in the joke side of it, like you said, like the you know putting CBD and everything, even in Oreo cookies. But when it got real with Atlas for me was when I and I looked at this. I'm like, wait, my son who has a neurodegenerative brain disease, and we have the government, the U.S. government, issuing a patent in 2003, HSS, you know, Health and Human Services government patent saying, we know this is a neuroprotectant. This was over 20 years ago. They started this research, they have the patent, and we're still in a place where we have the DEA and these governmental groups saying, oh, you know, no, no medical benefit, no good use. And it's absurd now at this point. It's righteously absurd.
0: And and that has, I mean, let for the uninitiated who hasn't heard this, this really heartbreaking story, I mean, if you want to get into it, and I realize this is as personal as it can possibly get, but so, so you, you, had a son Atlas was born a couple of years ago now, it seems like. And, and w- with, with this, with this brain issue and you kind of Mr. CBD at this point, like, you know, as much as anyone about it and you were trying to get the hospital to use some of this. I mean, it, Charlotte's web had already made a name for itself as being, Oh, it's this, you know, here we have this thing called CBD and it can really help with children with this, with these, uh you know seizure conditions epilepsy conditions so it's like wow this is powerful medicine and you received a lot of, of pushback from the hospital so do you want to share yeah, a little yeah of, i'd uh, like
1: to thanks todd it pushback's a gentle word in terms of how things occurred at children's hospital but a way to really conceptualize it for people and, and how i share it is if we think of charlotte figge you know who who passed away uh, last year you know is really the first child with a terminal condition to get access to cbd in many ways now atlas is like the last where he is in a very medical practitioner channel children's hospital colorado where there are hospital policies that conflate the the state of marijuana and the federal you know schedule one status of marijuana with hemp and cbd so if you go to children's hospital right here in colorado they'll tell you it's a parent's decision if to use CBD or not. Well, when two parents disagree on that, which has been the case between, between me and Atlas's mother, that's ripe for an issue because then the doctor's opinion prevails and they're saying, we have all these kids that are doing well on CBD, but we can't medically recommend it. We can't. And there's some, there's some law out there, some case law that says doctors are protected to recommending it but to get the medical community to ramp up on cannabinoids and the endocannabinoid system has been difficult to say the least. Um, There are some really wonderful doctors out there, but to get medical professionals, practitioners, you know, that are busy all day, to get them to read and to ramp up on the endocannabinoid system and what's going on with with the CBD industry and which companies are like Charlotte's Web, Palmetto Harmony, um, Hemp Fusion, there's a you know a group of these ten or fifteen. They have great products. They're they're, they're testing them. They've been proven to be safe. We know the in, the ingredients and the consistency and the the formulations. It's been mind numbing that now Atlas, after all this, even though we know he has a neurodegenerative brain disease and it's in the patent from 20 years ago, you know, cannabinoids as neuroprotectants to help with neurodegeneration and oxidative stress. That Atlas he still can't get it because there's this policy. At children, saying we're not going to recommend it. So, I've, I knew all this, and I feel kind of you know blessed in a way, and it's a, turned into a bit of a personal mission to help educate children's hospitals uh, to help them uh, understand the difference between hemp and marijuana, and ultimately help Atlas get access to to cannabinoids to help protect his brain. We know that's what cannabinoids do with neuroinflammation and oxidative stress. So I'm going to he he can't get it yet. Um, Atlas was out at children's hospital in Pennsylvania seeing a specialist. First thing she said is, I'm not gonna recommend CBD. I asked why. There wasn't a good reason. So I'm gonna keep keep fighting for Atlas on this. Um I just I'm lucky enough to have the requisite background to be a good fighter and a good advocate for them. I think a lot of parents thrown into this that didn't have my background, they may have just been steamrolled out of it. But I'm keeping keeping going for them and having that. Having these uh, these NDIs go through for hemp with the FDA, it would give me another, you know, I'll call it a face card or an ace card in my advocacy hand to go to childrens and say, hey, look, now now it's even an, an NDI, and, and you're you're recommending uh, you're recommending probiotics, you're recommending all these other dietary supplements, you know, vitamin B supplements, vitamin D supplements. Why why are why are we not able to recommend you know, cannabinoids? Um, is it just because all, all you have is the one tool on your tool belt, Epidiolex for seizures? And that's, that's tired now at this point because it's not supported by science and the medical research. So um, thanks for letting me just roll on this about Atlas. And you know, of course, I'm very passionate about it. He's my son, but I've just seen the breakdown here of where there are people that are not getting access to this Uh, Because of this regulation and the general, uh, you know, the general state of the the cannabinoid and CBD market and the miseducation and failure of education by the medical community to ramp up on the endocannabinoid system and what cannabinoids can do to help, you know, the very young children like Atlas with a terminal disease all the way up to the very old where it's more of a palliative care quality of life model.
0: Yeah, and I, I don't even know if w- when Atlas was born, had uh, Epidiolex been approved by the FDA, and so it's like, look, it's a legitimate drug, and granted, it's not, you know, it's it's for this other condition that Atlas didn't have, but I mean, doctors do off-label, you know, prescribing of, of drugs all the time, and you know, it, it just kind of stings, especially like it's not like we're living in Alabama here; we're in freaking Colorado, <laughs> it's we're like the capital. of
1: right? Just to appreciate this for a moment, where things are now with Atlas, if if when Atlas comes and sees me and I, I pick him up and he's with me on the weekends, if I gave him CBD, if I if I got some Palmetto Harmony, some Charlotte's Web, you know, these, these effectively dietary supplements that are get, being given to thousands of children across the country with very serious conditions, terminal conditions, seizure disorders. If I gave that to Atlas, uh, I would be going against a court order in Colorado saying that we can only give Atlas stuff that the doctors recommend. I'd basically be, you know, in, in contempt of Denver court if I did that. So I, I can't. I legally cannot give my own child, you know, an, uh, what is what is a dietary supplement cannabinoids from a plant hemp from a non psychoactive that has all these uh, all these trials. Showing the FDA, we know it's safe. It, oh, in fact, it's so safe you descheduled it. So safe, so safe. So um, I'm not going to be giving Atlas CBD anytime soon. I, I don't want to be in contempt or break any court orders. But that has been a fire under me, saying this is important. I'm not. I'm not the only one. Uh, I may be the only one facing it in this intense way, but uh, there is a <laughs> there is a ways to go here until until things are. Um, so things are like you said with the dispensaries in Boulder. Until there's a sense of consistency between government and uh, private businesses.
0: Yeah, that is. Um, it's. Uh, I. I don't even know what to say, Sean. I, I know it's 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 heartbreaking. It, it, even if even if CBD were not part of the story with with Atlas, it, it's a heartbreaking story, and my my heart really goes out for you. I'm really sorry, brother. Um, you know, so uh, <laughs> we only have a couple minutes, and it's hard to pull myself together a little. But uh, you know, when 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 you think about cannabinoids for 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 therapeutic purposes, for medicinal, for supplemental, you know, for health. There's that aspect of it. There's, there's also the nutritional part of it, you know, everything from, from hemp nuts, hemp hearts, hemp seed oil, things like that. Um, y- you know, you could find hemp powder in, in protein powders now. So that's like the nutritional aspect of it. Uh, you know, so th- those are two sort of like smaller lanes, lanes within lanes, I guess maybe we could call it. And, but, but then, like, like some of the big plays. And, and so let's just try to wrap up with, with the, the possibility of hemp going forward. There's this whole, there's the whole fiber aspect. There's the whole, um, you know, like biomaterials aspect. And, and, and those seem like areas where, wow, like hemp can really make a difference. But then on the other hand, there, there's tiny little things called big ag and big oil standing in the way. And it's not like they're going to like willingly give up market share to this thing called hemp. So like, what's the, what's the possibility? What's the reality? What's the over under on that? Like is, or are we going to see that, you know, like by 2030 is, is, are we going to have 10 million acres of hemp? And it's really going to be making a difference in some of these other industrial applications. What do you think about that?
1: I think first, I hope so, but we don't know. What we can do is look at Europe where The EU had mandates on uh, using eco-friendly fibers as a part of their manufacturing process. And we saw then auto makers, BMW, uh, Mercedes, there was an adoption because of these government mandates to use hemp in their industrial process. And I think we're going to need something similar like that. We need some mandate or some incentive to say, use hemp instead of X over here. And we don't have that right now, so it's an entrepreneurial slog to bring hemp products to market to meet a demand that doesn't know that it that it that the hemp is a, a more sustainable and better fiber or or industrial substitute for a lot of things we currently use. And that's that's the kind of stuff that takes time unless there's a catalyst like there was in the EU that really put that in motion for the automotive industry and some of their other industrial products. So I, I, I would. Hope that we have something like that. We can't certainly rely on that, but until there is uh, some catalyst to adopt hemp in a more meaningful way, or some, you know, like we saw it with avocados, it was like 10 years ago on the Super Bowl, and all of a sudden nobody had avocados, and now everyone has avocados, and, you know, there's drug cartels involved in Mexico fighting avocados, and in Chile, things are falling apart because water's privatized. It's about the avocados. Like, it doesn't have to be like that for hemp. Like, we can do this smart for hemp, and I really hope that uh, it's a collaboration between private, public sectors to bring hemp forward. You got it right there, exactly. That's right,
0: here's my avocado, and I, I don't have a hemp plant, but I do have avocado.
1: You do you have know, it. And- the, the future really is bright, though, for hemp. You know, just some numbers here, Todd, and then we can wrap it up so people yeah. can conceptualize food as a, as a, as a food and nutritional source, in addition to all of the you know, the industrial uses. Uh, we think that hemp is at about a two percent household penetration rate in the United States. That's really small. You know, generally in terms of food products like this, twenty percent is more of a norm. Twenty-two, you know, would be twenty-five high, right? In terms of you got an avocado or you got bananas or you have whatever food crop in your in your kitchen right now. So there's a lot of room for hemp to grow. How exactly we get there? They're smarter. Better people out there and, and business owners that are going to lead us that way. I'm, I'm really more a medical advocate and uh, I'm, I'm kind of just a hammer now for my son to help people that don't have access to cannabinoids and, and understand the science and the medical nature of this to help them, help them appreciate that
0: right well so the, the the hammer of thor has been passed on to the to the hammer of atlas and and sure. good, good luck, good luck to you, sean. uh good good talking to you i will see you at the noco hemp expo that is march uh 26 27th uh friday saturday down in denver and you could also catch that online and uh, sean always good talking to you thanks again for uh for uh letting us you know a little in on on some of the, the business and the possibility of hemp and and your own You know personal story and and advocacy uh you know for your son atlas um always good talking thanks for thanks todd
1: appreciate being on the todd cast no better cast in america baby (laughs) have a good day see you guys thanks thank you for listening to a
0: healthy insider podcast we are continually looking to improve your podcast experience and want to hear from you the industry listener please take a moment to take our quick survey and provide your feedback at naturalproductsinsider.com slash podcast survey.